0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AM-PM Podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host, and this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon Private Label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AM-PM Podcast. I was using my Oculus Rift and playing a virtual reality game where you serve hamburgers to zombies from a food truck. And while I was serving up these burgers, the zombies, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hey guys, Manny Coates here, and I am with Tim Jordan. Tim, how are you doing? <laughs> there no, I'm you go. Talking That's
1: okay, sorry. Sorry to no. talk.
0: Perfect, perfect. So, hey, Tim is, uh, this is his second time on our show, and uh, he's from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, You've been selling about two years. We're just going to recap this. Um, You're doing, are you still around 150, 150, 150,000 in sales per month? Yeah, maybe 160. Yeah, on my primary account. Cool. And uh, the first podcast that we did uh, was super awesome. So uh, as soon as we finished, I was like, you know what, Tim, we got to have you come back on the show. And here we are. We're going to talk about a few other things. He's got a Yeti principle he's going to go into detail on. And uh, I I, I don't know, we're just going to kind of freestyle this and see where we go. So yeah, where would you like to start? I don't know
1: where we start is probably not where we're going to finish and where we would like to finish is probably not where we will actually finish, but that's okay. Those kind of things happen. So,
0: yeah. um,
1: I don't know. Um, a lot of places we could start usually where I get into these deep conversations are about my, let's see, philosophies on private label product. Um, not necessarily developing, but like the idea generation, how people are finding ideas of private label products to start trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty good place. And let's do that. Yeah. I, I do want to preface this. I want to put a disclaimer out. I try very hard not to be critical. And a lot of times, like what I'm talking about this, which I'm passionate about, it comes across as critical. And I don't want that to be the case. I know there are a million ways to skin a cat. And I know there are a lot of things that people are doing that work. Um, and a lot of those same things that I may kind of quasi um, criticize right now are things that I'm still doing and they work, but for the intents and purposes of, you know, just sharing ideas, which is what your podcast is about. um, I'm going to lean a little bit more extreme. And uh, there are guys like, um, you know, Seth, you've talked to Seth. When Seth first heard this, he was like, man, Tim, those are great ideas, but man, you got to be careful. I'm like, careful about what he's like, cause if you say these wrong people, it's going to scare them away from selling online. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to do that. So, so if I get to like that critical, you know, phase, and I'm beating up, you know, a certain procedure or, um, you know, an approach to doing something, just kind of give me the pause signal. And be like, hold on, Tim, let's let's take this back a notch because I do kind of get on a soapbox.
0: Yeah, but no, we're, we're unfiltered here. We kind of say how it is. Yeah. This is perfect. So just tell us what you think, and people will appreciate that.
1: So let's fast forward five years from now, or even three years, or let's go back five years. So five years ago, there were people making a killing doing retail arbitrage, correct? It was super easy, low hanging fruit. There's a lot more competition now. It's a lot more difficult to make money. Now, are there people making good money doing it? Yes. Are there people very successful at it? Yes. But the vast majority of these people that are doing things like RA recognize and understand that they need to move to the next level which is now becoming private label. So what I'm doing is I'm jumping forward five years and I'm saying right now, the things that people are generally doing for private label, I detect a flaw and it's just my opinion. I could be completely wrong, but I see a pending issue that I like telling people about. So maybe they can be thinking towards the future. And a lot of people that I discuss this with go, Holy cow, you're right. Like, absolutely. I see that coming. So when I say I don't want to be critical, I'm not beating up necessarily what's happening now, but I kind of see this thing in the future. And I get some of this information just because of the different points of view I get in the different services we have, like our sourcing logistics service. Plus, you know, I do some uh, private label consulting and I've got, you know, a bunch of people in circles and industries that, you know, I collaborate mastermind with. So I've kind of got this weird bird's eye view of things. And here's, here's kind of the summary of it. And then I'll explain. Right now, I think that too many people are finding private label ideas on Amazon. And what I mean by that is people, when they sit down at their computer and they say, I'm going to work today, I'm going to find a private label idea. I know how to launch stuff. You know, I can do this BSR ranking. Um, I listen to this, you know, complete wacko that has a CPR method thing that he talks about. You know, I don't know what that's all about. But what? I heard it, I heard it works.
0: <laughs> it's um, fantastic.
1: But they have to find a product first to sell. And I think one of the mistakes that people are making is the first thing to do is they go to www.amazon.com. Okay. Now what happens is there's a lot of different methods for using Amazon to find these niches or these product categories. So people are basically using Amazon to tell them what other people are successfully doing and trying to emulate those product ideas themselves. Are you following me?
0: Um, I'm following you. So what do you suggest? You're, You're saying don't use Amazon. We kind of talked about this a little bit last time.
1: Yes. And and that's what
0: I, I realized after I made some notes, we never got into that.
1: So, you know, my my idea is you can't just follow the leader. And there's, you know, this this time delay of if you're going to launch this thing, if 10 people are doing it successfully and other people see that data, by the time you go to launch your product, you might be number 40. And I see that with, like we've talked about the baby towels, the hooded baby towels. And there are still people today that are like, hey, I want to get into hooded baby towels. And I'm like, I'll source them for you. I can get it produced, but. I don't know. You know, there's 900,000 people doing it. Mm-hmm. So my opinion is do not go to amazon.com. Amazon in fact can give very poor data back on a product idea and it still be a good idea. And what I mean is let's go back to the fidget spinners. All right. Everybody's familiar with the fidget spinners. So two years ago, I'm walking around EWU China and all these little shop, you know, shop owners, their kids are playing with these goofy little toys with ball bearings and them. like, what are these things? And they're trying to tell me, they're like, Oh, this would be very popular. I'm doing a Chinese accent. That's, that's not good. Oh, this is very popular. So they're trying to convince me that these things are gonna be a hit. Well, I go back to my hotel and I search all the keywords I can think of for this. And I'm like, nobody's looking for these. These are garbage. Like why are all these people convinced it's going to sell? Because what I was doing is I was going back to Amazon for data to support whether it's a good idea or not. Well, if I would have bought a container of those things, you know, I'd be sitting on a beach somewhere because I could have been, you know, one of the top three listings when it went huge and people were selling a bazillion of them a day. So I still think that people are depending even on the data after they come up with a different idea on Amazon where that might not be a good idea or when, it, when, it, when it's not necessarily wise to use that data off of Amazon.
0: Now, that scenario um, is that's coming into a market with a brand new idea, completely different concept that nobody nobody's actually jumped into, whereas most people are saying, well, look, I don't want to be the only one selling, you know, this this widget right here. Um, I just want to be one of the 20 people and, and get a piece of, of that pie. So you're thinking of it from kind of monopolizing or at least being first to market with something.
1: Possibly or a different variation of an existing product. And right. that's the Yeti principle. Okay. And I'm not talking about a variation that a lot of these like private label a super easy way coach you know coaches teach if we'll just put a different you know bundle it with something different or instead of a red silicone handle to a blue silicone handle what i'm talking about is a variation of something completely different so let's get into my quote unquote yeti principle cups have been around for thousands of years right
0: mm-hmm. at least
1: this is a yeti cup all right you've seen these a million times it's a cup cups have been around for thousands of years but if anybody has tracked these Yeti cups, they know that like um, Q4 of 2015, this was the first brand. Yeti, Y-E-T-I, was the first brand that launched these things. So the double vac or the double-walled vacuum-insulated stainless steel cups. Right mm-hmm. now, there's 500 different knockoffs of these. There's Arctic. There's you know a million different brands all the way down to like the seven-dollar Ozark Trail ones you buy at Walmart. But if you go to Amazon and you search double wall insulated cup. I haven't searched his keywords, but still the number one is the Yeti and everybody just by just the, the term of association says Yeti cups. So even if someone has an Ozark trail, they think of it as Yeti cup. It's kind of like Kleenex and toilet tissue or um, facial tissue, mm-hmm. right? Everybody just says Kleenex. Kleenex is a brand name. So my point is there are a million different quote unquote Yetis out there that need to be discovered. They're not anything new. All right. They could be a brand new product, but a cup isn't new. Um, the Yeti, so so the double wall insulated, that was originally patented vacuum insulated, originally patented by the Stanley Corporation, back in like 1916, right? Those those old glass lined with the metal outside, the old Stanley um, thermoses that everybody's grandpa took to the you know the factory jobs or whatever. Patent's been long expired. Are you familiar with the Tervis tumbler, T-E-R-V-I-S? No. All right, if anybody listening, just Google Tervis, T-E-R-V-I-S, and what they'll see is a plastic double-walled cup that's shaped just like this. They got different sizes, but they're 30 ounces, you know, skinnier on the bottom to fit in your cup holder. And um, they're usually clear plastic. You can put, like, you know, decoration and stuff inside of them. But it's essentially this exact same shape. So what was happening was the guys from Yeti, who's, you know, they sell, like, these insanely expensive, awesome coolers. They're down in Texas. These guys, several years ago, were in China, and they're walking around a market in some downtime, And they were looking for a a manufacturer to produce one of the components, their coolers and they're walking to market and they look on the bottom shelf and they see essentially this stainless steel Tervis tumbler. They think, well, that looks pretty cool. So as I understand the story goes based on my research is they bought some for some employees. They were like, well, let's just buy a box of these. These are really cool. They took them back, found out that they hold ice for like 20 hours, some ridiculous amount. They're indestructible. They're awesome. they're like hey let's brand those things so all they did was they took a product off of a shelf that's a cup that's been around for thousands of years they put a slug in the mold that says yeti on it and these things went nuts i mean they sold i can't remember the data off my head but they like tripled their sales between 2014 and 2016 and their flagship product the coolers wasn't the driving force the driving force of these stinking cups And these cups, I've been in factories contracted by Yeti and these other companies in China. I can buy these cups for a dollar with the lid, the sleeve, everything. They sell them for like, at the time, they're selling for 50 bucks retail, and they Mm -hmm. couldn't keep them on the shelf. So yes, what you said is accurate. I do believe that there are ways to find brand new products to bring to the market, but you can also do this in between, which is find a good variation of something that exists like a cup, something that's not patented. The problem is you're never going to find that on Amazon. So if the Yeti guys had gone back and said, well, let's see if there's any you know traction on a double walled, vacuum insulated, stainless steel cup, they would have never found it because nobody was selling it. Now, they didn't invent this thing. They didn't produce it. They found it on a shelf. The reason it was on a shelf is there was a company in Australia that's like camping goods, You know, and the Outback is very rugged. So about 12 years ago, this camping company in Australia said, hey, let's make this essentially turvis tumbler and stainless steel. And they've been selling in Australia just in retail stores. So this product's been around. You just, it just took the Yeti guys to find it and just look at it on the bottom shelf of some market in China and go, hey, I wonder if, you know, that thing's, you know, worth anything. And you see what happened there. Now there's a million knockoffs. So mm-hmm. uh, what you said is correct, but I think there's a middle, kind of a middle ground too. And what I mean, going back to when I said you can't be looking on Amazon, is these guys never would have found it on Amazon. And there's a lot of people right now that are, you know, that are following you that are in these circles that I'm in that want to develop a private label product, ultimately develop a private label brand. And I think that a lot of them are falling into this fallacy of trying to play follow the leader because they're intimidated by trying to find a brand new product themselves. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. One is finding that product is hard. There's not a real clear, concise way to do that research like there is in following Amazon data. And people are scared to death of the prototype, the production, the, you know, this whole process that usually is a very large operation to bring a product to market. Mm -hmm. So I have some ideas of how to find these products off Amazon, which I'll share. And then the second thing is it doesn't always take a brand new product development. You don't have to get an engineer to design this thing. You don't have to spend, you know, $20,000 getting prototypes built on this thing and try to bring it to market. Sometimes it's as simple is this dusty metal cup sitting on the bottom of a shelf somewhere in China. Hmm. And, and I see people doing it all the time.
0: So what is your process for finding an awesome product?
1: <clears throat> so I've got some online processes and some offline processes. Okay. Some of the online process, let me look at my list here. And this kind of breaks, <laughs> breaks my heart to share it because some of these are like I've never shared before. So Manny, you get, um, and these are not new ideas out there, but there are a lot of your listeners that are going to go, oh, I've never heard of that thing.
0: Awesome. All right. All right let's hear them.
1: Pinterest. Have you, have you ever used
0: Pinterest? I saw you cut out. What was that? Have you ever used Pinterest? I've been on Pinterest. I don't even know if I have an account there. I don't think I do. Okay. Pinterest
1: is a gold mine for private label ideas. Okay. It's a gold mine. Now, Pinterest is categorized in niches. Okay. So if you like sweaters with cats on them, Okay. Like if that's your niche thing, I can, I can kind of see that with you. I don't know why, but sweaters with cats, Um, (laughs) (laughs) you can, you can follow pins that are related to sweaters with cats and all of these um, images that are collected all over the world are basically consolidated into these pins and you can see all this stuff. Well, there's, Um, images that will come from websites that are manufacturing something there are just people making homemade stuff like all these images and I can spend 30 minutes on Pinterest in a niche just scrolling through and I'll see products that some little designer or retailer or someone has produced or maybe someone's just homemade you know made this thing at home that will spawn an idea to oh my goodness that's a product idea Mm -hmm. and then I go to Amazon And if I look at Amazon and there's no traction at all, like there's nothing coming up with those keywords that's even remotely close or a lot of people freak out because they hit jungle scout and jungle scout says, Oh, this is a bad idea. Like I'm jumping up and down because I can go back to Pinterest and see how many people have pinned it. And I've got some products um, that I sell right now that, you know, in one month might have a hundred thousand pins on one keyword and you go to that keyword on it and it's trending up very rapidly. And you go to Amazon and you search that keyword there's like no products in that category. And this could be anything. I mean, it could be anything from kitchen and home to electronics, it could be anything. So then I start jumping up and down, you know, like doing a little happy dance, because now I found a niche that has a following without the products to support people that may want to purchase that product. How, that makes how sense? You,
0: yeah. How, okay. Let's say you find something, you do a search on Amazon. There is no, it, it doesn't exist. Um, Are are you are there? Are you checking the search terms to see if people are actually searching for it to see if there's even search volume? And if there's not, how do you actually reach the people for a product that they don't even know exists?
1: So now this
0: is—I'm not a techie guy.
1: You're the techie guy. I know that it's hard to compile data on searches for items that don't sell. So like, there might be people looking for a product, but if there's no if there's basically no product that fits that description on Amazon, you're not going to get back really good data. The best way that I've found to get data is I will run a pay-per-click campaign on those keywords. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this is, there's going to be people out there going, well, you can't run a pay-per-click campaign if you don't have the product. So for instance, if I were researching this Yeti cup years ago, I would maybe create like, this goes kind of with that whole Brett Bartlett PPI thing that you're familiar with, you know, that he teaches. There's some other variations of the paper click data mining, but I could create just a unique ACE and by bundling two to, um, of the Turvis tumblers together, maybe just create a unique ACE. And it doesn't have to be optimized to give me a garbage listing and run all the keywords that I want to stainless steel cup, stainless steel, double walled, you know, vacuum tumbler, all this stuff. And, since the product is close enough, like, like I might even bundle a Turvis tumbler with a stainless steel cocktail spoon. Like that's a dumb listing, right? But I don't care if it sells. I want to pull the data. That way my keywords in the listing are close enough to keep to the keywords in the pay-per-click campaign. Now run that campaign for a week, pull the data. How many impressions did I have on specific keywords? And then what was my cost per click if people clicked on it, which gives me idea of my competition. You know, if I'm paying 10 cents a click, this may be wide open. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about your conversion rate. Don't worry about your A cost. That doesn't matter because you're not really selling it. But those impressions are how many people search for those specific keywords, okay? So if I find on Pinterest, let's do something very generic. I keep wanting to throw these different product ideas out that that are clients of mine that I can't. But let's say um, someone has a home decor item, okay? Let's say it's a, umbrella holder. Okay, they put next to their door. Well, I can be on Pinterest looking at umbrella holders or umbrella stands. And these are very popular items. If you look on Amazon, it's it's pretty saturated, but a lot of them are the same item just repeated over and over just people buying from Alibaba. Let's say I find this really cool variation of one. I don't have to go get that variation made or produced. I can just buy a generic off the wall, AliExpress umbrella holder, run that pay per click campaign and see how much demand for that is. And then if there's really good demand and I think that my product is going to work, then I can go about sourcing and having it manufactured. I may be able to buy it from a wholesaler already and it's not even on Amazon. You know, there's a lot of different routes we can take there. But now, one actually, a, one that's the how things, I can
0: do that research. Yeah, one, one of the things people can do also, um, and, and I'm going to be biased here, guys, because I'm the, the founder of Helium 10, but you can use um, the magnet tool. And uh, the magnet tool will actually give you the search volume Uh, from Amazon for specific keyword phrases. So if you know what the keyword phrase is, you can punch it through as long as it's being, uh, it's being searched for, you'll, you'll get some pretty accurate data. Uh, So that's one way of doing it as well. I I love the idea of running pay-per-click. That's one of the things that uh, we always teach is when uh, you've got a product, launch it because you're going to get keywords that you didn't even think about uh, that Amazon saying, okay, based off of your image and based off of your text and everything else that you got going, we're going to throw this keyword in there because we think it's so might be relevant. And then if you start getting clicks, then it starts giving you more, it starts feeding you more and more. So that's a good way of doing it. But guys, if, if you don't have a product initially, and you want to do some initial research uh, before running a pay-per-click campaign, I'd recommend using a uh, magnet Cerebro. I, I love Cerebro. I wouldn't say use you, you can't really use that unless you have a product online because you got to use an ASIN, but with magnets, just keyword based guys. So just type in a keyword um, and uh, just, I think you can use a, I think you use Magnet for free for a little while anyway. So yeah. check it out.
1: And, and I use Magnet too. One reason that I like the pay-per-click thing on top of Magnet is because it gives me that cost per click, which gives me some insight into competition. Yeah. So that's kind of the next step. So I jumped ahead. But yeah, we start with Magnet. And sometimes, I will say this, sometimes we have to use a little intuition because even like, let's say the keyword data doesn't show a lot of people searching for it. That doesn't freak me out because if there's nobody that's selling a product that fits those keywords, then I have a monopoly on it, right? So a lot of, a lot of people will say, well, if there's less than, I'm throwing out a number 10,000 searches you know, a month on this keyword, I'm not interested. Well, what if it's a very specific item and only 300 people a month search for it, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that matches that description, I'll take 300 sales a month. I'm good with that. I'll throw that product up there and not have to compete with anybody because the cost per click is going to be dirt cheap. I mean, it's like free advertising. Um, So Pinterest is one. And Pinterest has recently changed their algorithm. You used to be able to easily see how many people are pinning this in the velocity. Now you have to get kind of creative because they're kind of hiding some of that data data to sell it. So if someone's listening to this six months from now, things could have changed where you'd have to buy that through like a third-party service. Or I suspect, in fact, I know some guys that are working on developing product tools kind of like, you know, like your products that back into the API of Amazon track this stuff to, um, to track those pins and repins and all that stuff on Pinterest. I think that Pinterest is one of the easiest um, underutilized tools for, for finding niche product ideas because it's so easy. I mean, if you're sitting on the bus, if you're sitting in the cab, if you're sitting at the doctor's office, you can just scan through Pinterest and literally in like minutes, find all these products that are not on Amazon. And then you have a list to go off of and see if there's, you know, data to support. There's a demand for that and go from there. Then you end up with the Yeti, you know, you end up with these products that you're the first to launch it, but you didn't even have to develop it. You didn't have to be creative and come up with it. You just had to find it somewhere.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. (laughs)
1: Um, Another one I love, and there are people that are going to kick me for saying this, no pun intended, but (laughs) Kickstarter. Okay. Kickstarter is awesome. Kickstarter is not necessarily like brand new latest technology patented stuff. Like you can get on Kickstarter and there are people running these amazing campaigns for barware, like barware, like barware has been around for hundreds of years. You know, like it's, it's a cocktail glass. How many times can you reinvent the cocktail glass? But what they're doing is they're finding a slight variation or a way to bundle it. And these people, so, so Kickstarter's kind of a weird business because a lot of people that just pre-sale stuff on Kickstarter and have no interest in doing a long-term development of these brands. They're getting a quick sale and they move on to product. So some of these bundle variations and different variations of products that you can find on Kickstarter will never end up on Amazon unless you take it there, hmm. but they're generally fairly easy. Now you're not going to be able to redevelop some brand new, you know, million dollar campaign. That's got all this IP backed behind it, but literally you can find cocktail muddlers on Kickstarter right now that are getting, you know, like, <clears throat> campaigns being funded in two weeks because it's made of a different material, right? You look up cocktail muddler on Amazon. A lot of people search for it, super saturated, but someone out there wants one made of black walnut or American oak. So figure out how am I going to make this oak muddler? Like that's, that's pretty doable. You know, if if you're an entrepreneur and you want to get into business, you can find someone to make you a muddler out of oak. But if you go to Amazon first, you're going to look at muddlers and say, you know, well, th- there's no, oh, boy, there's no exactly. way to make this work.
0: Yeah. Are you yeah. saying then to use uh Kickstarter to get <clears throat> ideas or are you saying to potentially also use them as a launch service?
1: That is like Tim's philosophy version 6.3. Yeah. <laughs> so you can use Kickstarter if you're manufacturing something yourself, you can't really use it for like a white label, Alibaba product like a lot of the typical quote unquote private label products are, but I am working on Kickstarter projects right now.
0: Okay. And awesome. It's, it's Kickstarter, really- yeah. Kickstarter is a really, really cool uh, topic. Um, I've got a buddy that just kills it. I mean, he's, that's all he does is Kickstarter campaigns. Uh, we just had, uh, for those of you that, that follow me know that we have an advanced training called the Illuminati mastermind. Um, we just had a speaker this month come on and she spoke for about 45 minutes, literally just on Kickstarter and how to get those campaigns going and, and get your product, um, yeah, to get awareness essentially uh, because yep. once you have that then you can move it into other places a lot easier so it's a cool it's a cool if you can actually spend some time to learn it uh, yep. it's really good And I think I like that idea of going on there uh, uh, and and finding an interesting product like you said maybe it's just the finish like it's some special wood that you didn't realize there's a big market for and I love yeah. Pinterest so I'm gonna have to start having our guys go through Pinterest because I like the idea of it just all consolidated in one place you're looking for you know, uh, whatever, unicorn socks. And then you finally, there's something else related to a unicorn, uh, some kind of a, you know, something, a brush made out of unicorn hairs. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that existed.
1: Unicorn hair, beard brush. I That's love right.
0: it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, so, so those are good. And the other really cool thing, and, and I know you've got other modules that hit on this, but Kickstarter, so people, people worry about like initial funding and they'll come up with a really cool private label idea and they'll have a minimum order quantity of 3000 units to get it manufactured somewhere. And they just can't afford it. If you go through the whole Kickstarter process, you can get that pre-funded. So if you've got to come up with money and you've got to have a good product, nobody's going to fund a crappy idea. And if you can, you know, spend a little bit of money in the marketing, good photos, build prototypes, you can essentially get your whole first production run prepaid. And you can probably afford an overage on production where you can take that overage and put it on Amazon and run from there. So if you play your card right, it's almost a prepaid launch but you've really got to do your homework and find the right product to put on there. All right. Next product or next, uh, next platform is Etsy. Now Etsy's a little more homegrown. Etsy is. And what I mean by that is Etsy is, you know, these like typically handmade products. This is a sales platform. There are, so I live in Alabama. I can make fun of rednecks. There are a lot of rednecks in their garage making stuff that is cool. And they do it as a hobby and they tell their wife, well, I'm gonna run out here and work for a little bit. And really they want to go out there and drink beer in their garage and make like six of these things a night on their 3d printer or their, you know, wood cutting machine or whatever. They have no interest in doing a scalable sale of these things, but they've got a good idea. So Etsy things, here's a few reasons, reasons I like Etsy ideas. One is they're usually not difficult. And if it's not difficult, then you can usually have it produced in mass fairly inexpensively. So you can like find these things and you can, you know, pass this on to a Chinese manufacturer, you know, a Latin American manufacturer. And it's, it's simple. It's not crazy because these rednecks are building out in the garage or, you know, a stay at home mom is making these things in her dining room table and her kids are napping and it's a cool craft, but they are typically able to hit on these little sub niches. Because they usually are involved in this niche and they go, Oh, I can sell this on Etsy as opposed to us that are like, Oh, we want to sell on Amazon. What can we sell? So they're kind of going a backwards approach and there's good ideas on there. And they're not going to be a competition because they're not selling on Amazon. Hmm. They are selling like 10 of these a day or 10 of these a week because it's, it's a hobby for them. Um, the other thing is, and, and this is really cool. You can buy them. So if someone has a unicorn hair brush on Etsy, buy five of them and put them on Amazon run your pay-per-click campaigns and see what happens so you can buy five of these things for 10 bucks a piece yeah i'll I'll spend 50 bucks all day every day on a product just to test it and they're usually at your house in seven days you create a unique ace and you throw them up there and test it if it works maybe you ordered a couple extra prototypes and you send those prototypes out to a sourcing agent and say hey let's mass produce these things let's change them up a little bit whatever we need to do so etsy is not really cool because it gives you ideas but they're usually simple products you can track a demand because you can figure out how many people have bought those, or searched it, or shared it, and you can actually, from that same idea platform, buy them to test them yourself on Amazon.
0: That's very cool. Yep. Etsy guys. So we've had three uh, three awesome places to go so far off of Amazon. We've got uh, Pinterest, Etsy, and Kickstarter.
1: All right, I got two more for you. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Life hack blogs.
0: Life hack blogs. Okay, tell us okay. about that.
1: Okay. So there are these people out there, you know, bloggers that make a ton of money compiling life hack ideas. Mm -hmm. Okay. And anybody that's listening to this, pause it and just go to Google and hit life hack blogs, open up one of the first results, and it'll be one page with 40 product ideas. Now, the reason I like this, they're compiled in easy items because what these are is this is like, oh, I need a key holder made out of a tennis ball like i can make this in my kitchen in 3 minutes right so they're easy items or it's you know a way to hide something in my house like a home decor item very 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 simple products but they show a demand i mean the nature of a life hack blog is how to fix a problem easily right so if these life so these bloggers they are doing the work for you they're finding out how many people are needing to fix a problem because they get clicks and they get, you know, their advertising dollars spent for more people on their blogs. So they're doing all the research to figure out which of these are the best ideas, but they're not creating a product. And these life hackers aren't creating a product. They're getting paid to come up with these really cool little ideas for you just to get clicks and, you know, um, advertising space on a website. They're not making these things. And every day there are thousands of new life hack ideas thrown up on these blogs. Go to Facebook and search life hack. And you can get in all these groups where all these people do all day is just throw up ideas. Hey, I found out that if I take this power drill and this bottle of vinegar, I can slice this cantaloupe to make it look like a giraffe. Like it's just the most random <laughs> off the wall stuff. And three quarters of it are something that you immediately dismiss. The other 25% are things you kind of write down on a list. You're like, Hey, this is a neat idea. A large percent of that. You're going to figure out whether well, there's really not much demand or there's a million on the shelf products that fit this issue, you know, like fix this issue for us. But there are a lot of golden gems in there and you're not competing with someone that's trying to sell that. They are just getting paid to put ideas up there and it's free and you can literally just get on your computer. And I, I am not exaggerating when when I say that I have been in like coaching courses or I've been doing some consulting or, um, you know, one of the first ones that uh, that I remember I was down in Central America teaching this this group of Amazon sellers down in Guatemala. Hey, this is how you, you they quit looking on jungle scout all the time. Like, look, let's take a step back. And I went to life hack blogs and I said, check this out. And I scrolled through like 30 products and they were like writing stuff down. And I said, all right, which ones did you write down? Because here's the ones I wrote down. And we went back through it and I had picked out three that I'd never seen before. And I was like, I can make this like I have contacts in China that can make this easily. Like I could build a prototype in the U.S. in my garage with some cardboard and some bailing wire and send it off and have it professionally made in China. And it's a cool product. And from just that one little coaching session, I've got at least five products in my mind of these, you know, entrepreneurs down in Central America that ended up running with it just off that the first 30 I looked at. Wow. So it'll it's, get saturated. It's just like everything else. Now I'm telling all of your followers and, you know, he's going to be blowing up Life Hack Blogs. It's okay because there's you, stuff
0: you'd be, out there every day. Yeah, you'd be surprised. That's awesome, by the way, guys. Um, yeah to do. I, it's actually, I actually did what he just said. I, I went in, I Googled, um, life hack blogs and sure enough, there's something in there, you know, it's like, Hey, here's how to remove clutter with these three items. And if you put those together in a kit, then you can sell it as an example. Um, the, the thing with podcast listeners, Facebook group, um, members, um, people who buy training courses, whatever it is, is that typically a very small percentage actually follow through, right? You got 5% of those people that say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go do it. Uh, and the other 95% say, oh, I'll, I'll put it off. I'll do it later. So um, I, I think these are great ideas. I think the number of people that implement them is going to be small. So it's going to be awesome for everybody for for a long while. You guys should definitely be taking what uh, Tim's talking about here and implementing. But you said all you right. had one more, right?
1: I've got one more for you. And then um, I'm going to quit giving away all my secrets. <laughs> but, um, no, all no. Right, then, I'm going to buy you some then, drinks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think you owe me a beer in Vegas in a couple months, right? I do. I do. Yeah, we're going to see each other. It's going to be good. Yep. Um, all right. Subscription boxes.
0: Subscription boxes. What's a subscription box?
1: I love that you don't know what a subscription box is. That makes me so happy that I know something you don't.
0: Oh, wait, are you talking about the, yeah, the things they send out to you every single day? Ah! M- yeah, yeah.
1: And I was so excited. Yes. <laughs> subscription boxes. All right. So we know there's a million different subscription box out there. There's your coffee boxes and your women's makeup boxes and all that stuff. There is a website that consolidates all of them. And gives you all this information for free. It's called Cratejoy. C-R-A-T-E-J-O-Y. That's so dot Crate, .com? Yep, com. Now, Cratejoy is a launch platform for subscription boxes. So if I decided I was going to do a 12-month subscription box for unicorn hair brushes, right? In different colors for every month. I would launch that on Crate Joy. So you can go to Crate Joy and you can select a niche. And I, I suspect you're like probably typing that in right now. I'm looking but at if, it right now. So you see on the top line, it has all the different niches, you know, men, women, Mm -hmm. kitchen and bar. Like if you go to kitchen and bar, it'll show you all the subscription boxes for kitchen related. You can go down to subcategories of barware. So if you want to sell barware on Amazon, go to create joy, search all of their bar and drink related boxes, and you will find 50 products you did not know existed. And you will find Mm -hmm. 50 products that are not on Amazon. Now here's the thing. They're having those produced somewhere. A lot of these are wholesale. So a lot of these like wholesale companies that are trying to launch or they're even trying to liquidate will contact these subscription box people and say, "Hey, can you get rid of my X like it's like I don't know how to sell it, like I want to use you as a sales channel." They'll leave me branded. So it'll have Manny's brand unicorn hairbrush in that box. And you can go to Manny's website and find where he's a wholesaler and a producer of this product, but he's not on Amazon. So even if you don't want to truly private label something, using a subscription box is a great way to find these undersold and underutilized wholesalers but what i use it for or wholesale accounts what i use it for is to get these product ideas so let's say we're in barware let's say i figured out on pinterest that there's a demand for a a a muddler out of american oak okay like a cocktail muddler well if i go in the subscription boxes let's say i'm in a barware category so that's 12 boxes and each box has five ideas I will also find that somebody wants something else made of oak. So somebody will say, Hey, not only do I want a muddler, I want a flight tray, you know, the tray that, you know, you put all the shot glasses on, you know, and you, you, you test your homemade brews or whatever you do. Those are products that someone has created are not on Amazon, but obviously not only, now let me say this, not only does it mean that somebody thought it was cool enough to make it, but when those boxes launch, they will create an organic demand for your product, okay? So let me back up a step. There are, there are subscription boxes that 12 months ahead of time will tell you what's going to be in those boxes. okay? So if it's January and I'm looking at a box for barware that's going to be released in October and they already have their products listed, they I have the pictures and I see a cool product. That product is not listed on Amazon. I have time to go ahead and get that product sourced, get it produced, buy it from that supplier even, you know, that the original manufacturer, get it on Amazon. And I know let's, now we have to assume it's a good product. None of this works if your product sucks. In October, you can see how many people are subscribed to that box. There's 30,000 people that receive that barware box. There are 30,000 free samples of your product that just landed on somebody's front porch. Hmm. Now those 30,000 people aren't going to buy a second one but people brag about their boxes. I, I get like 15 different subscription boxes a month just for product research. Like I get them, like my porch is filled up every other day with a subscription box. And what'll happen is I brag about it. Like my buddies come over. They're like, Hey, what'd you get in your man box today? I'm like, it's unicorn hairbrush. How cool is this? So not only are they going to go out and say, Hey, I want to buy one of those. Where does everybody go? They go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. So you're getting an organic demand increase for a product. By someone else selling this subscription box, you just looked eight months ahead of time or six months ahead of time, made sure your product was the number one you know, organically ranked product, which it should be if you're doing the job right and find something nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And now there's this brand awareness of this product out there and you wake up one day and go, holy crap, I had 30 sales last night of this thing. And you just watch your, your ranking drop.
0: Dude, that's awesome. That's super cool. So, you've got like a time machine into seeing what's going to be coming out. Absolutely. Prepare for it. Get yourself ranked organically for the number one spot for that keyword so that when people receive those boxes, they start searching for it on Amazon. Their friends do because they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then sure enough, boom, your listing's right there at the top. That's genius.
1: This is not some bull crap I made up last night. This is something I'm doing right now, and it works.
0: What's your favorite box, by the way? I'm on this site. Do you have one off the top of your head?
1: I I can't tell you that. If I tell you that, everybody gets out of my box. All right. (laughs) So um, look, all right, you said 5%. So all right, 95% of you listening cannot do this because it's my favorite box. But Bespoke box.
0: Bespoke. B-E-S-P-O-K-E. Yes. All right. Why do you like that one?
1: Because... It is, so it's stuff that I'm interested in. Like it's kind of your manly, you know, like manly stuff. And it's a very wide variety of stuff. So like one month will be, so so like they've got a box called Churchill. Churchill is cigar accessories, right? Mm-hmm. Their next month might be called, um, I can't remember, but it might be like beard accessories. So they'll have like, you know, like literally that beard brush you just picked up. Mm-hmm. Like I think I have that exact same brush from a bespoke box like three months ago. And it'll have like all these different accessories. I know you're looking it up right now.
0: I'm trying so, to, I, I can't find Bespoke. Am I spelling it wrong?
1: B-E-S-P-O-K-E. Hmm. I, I think the company is Bespoke Post, okay. but it's like the Bespoke box. If you just Google Bespoke box, you'll find it. It's, I'll find it, it's, yeah. It's, so it's one of like the biggest subscription boxes in the country right now. Um, they'll have like a craft box, which is like a craft brewing accessories for, you know, homemade beer. They'll have another one for like, you know, your, your up and coming like whiskey type. Products, you know, so so now let me let me blow your mind right now. Guess who I'm in contact with right now? The purchasers at Bespoke Post. Really? So, what I did was I took information from their products, made a slight change and variation in some of these product lines, launched my own private label that like can't keep on the shelf at Amazon, and then through some friends, I, I got a backdoor kind of invitation to the purchasers at Bespoke. I got an email, I kid you not, last night from other purchases, like, holy cow, these products are awesome. Can you send me pricing? How long it takes to get these things produced? So now I'm in contention to actually get my product in those subscription boxes, which is a pre-sale of close to 30,000 units a year.
0: Nice. An additional revenue stream you didn't have a week ago.
1: And because I've been following bespoke posts, I know what they like mm-hmm. and I can identify products that, Oh, this is a cool idea. It wasn't done quite right. So I launch it on Amazon and it's like blowing off the shelves. And I'm like, this is cool. So then I can approach them again and just make the whole thing full circle. So I've already mm-hmm. got all the, all the wheels in motion. Now I just got to call my manufacturer and say, Hey, we're going to need a lot more. And we've got four months to fulfill it. Can you do it? And they're jumping up and going, yeah, we can do that. And <laughs> it's like, but if I started that from scratch, it would be really difficult. But now once you have these wheels in motion, these little
0: side chunks of income are a whole lot easier. Dude, that's awesome. That's yeah. cool, man. So five things here. Tom, so I was writing these things down, guys. So we got Pinterest, we got Etsy, Kickstarter. We've got uh, the subscription box and life hacks. And those aren't the, the, in any specific order. So, and then you talked about the, stain, the, the, Yeti, the Yeti principle stainless steel cup, guys, um, that everybody has. I, use, I actually use one of those uh, uh, for my coffee every morning because it keeps coffee at lava temperatures for about 17 hours, like crazy.
1: Yes, so, <laughs> so, so the summary of the Eddie principle is you don't have to invent something, but there are products out there that you can find and be first to Amazon with, which is like everybody thinks that's like the golden unicorn, it doesn't exist. They exist all the time.
0: Yeah, Okay. Great. Well, as always, uh, this has been fantastic. Um, we're going to have you come on 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 a regular basis. We're going to, he mentioned Vegas. We're going to be going to a show in March. Uh, we'll be hanging out. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll have a lot more ideas and, uh, that'll make for an interesting podcast as well. Um, but guys, you have to take action if you're going to make any of this work. Uh, Tim, if anybody wants to reach out to you, I know that you have provide services for actually sourcing. What's the best way of uh, people reaching, uh, reaching out to you?
1: Yeah, we do um, sourcing in China, and we've got a sourcing um, company in Central America, too. And then we do a lot of logistics. we got an FBA prep center, basically all the hands-on stuff. Um, the best way is sales at hickory-flats.com. So S-A-L-E-S at hickory so flats-f-l-a-t-s.com.
0: Awesome. Well, Tim, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been amazing. It's been really, really cool. Number two, it's very rare that we have somebody on the show twice in a row uh, in such a short amount of time, but that just uh, speaks volumes of uh, your, your level of, of information that you're giving that it's just really top notch. So thank you. Uh, and we'll have you thank on you. soon. I have a game changer for you. Okay. So a lot of people have been asking me, what tool can they now trust and use for reverse ASIN searches? well I have good news I'm incredibly happy to announce an insanely awesome new tool called cerebro cerebro that's the Spanish word for brain and that's what this thing is it's a keyword brain cerebro is the newest and most powerful tool in the helium 10 software suite for Amazon sellers and it's the only reverse ASIN that I'm ever going to use at this point it's insane honestly try it and you'll see for yourself Cerebro is fast really fast like really really fast just enter a competitors ASIN and bam within seconds you get back tons of keywords it's crazy okay but it gets better Cerebro is free for everybody that's right guys it's free if all you want is keywords and you don't want to uh, get any other data other than keywords you don't need to go anywhere else and pay for reverse ASINs anymore okay let me say that again you do not need to go anywhere else and pay for reverse ASIN searches ever okay forget about other tools everybody that's everybody gets two free uses per day on Cerebro so that's 60 ASIN searches per month for free how cool is that pretty cool I think so I've mentioned the word free a few times now but we do have paid plans as well if making money is an important part of your business plan then paid members can use the Cerebro IQ score okay we call it the Cerebro IQ score and that shows you which keywords have the best ratio of search volume to total competing products this is a game changer guys so I personally I want to know which keywords I can rank number one for and know the exact volume of sales I need per day to achieve that and you can watch my ranking strategy video once you are signed into Cerebro okay watch that video by clicking the blue learn button and then you'll uh, be able to figure out how I actually do my ranking and get number one rankings for the keywords that I want now paid users can also see the most accurate search volume data I've ever seen for keywords allowing you to make smart decisions on which keywords to use in your listings this is why I said I don't use any other tools now for keywords just cerebro and in the past I've said that I said go out there and use a bunch of different keyword tools including ours so that you can get a lot of data no longer the case I'm not saying that cerebro is all you need trust me on this okay I'm redoing all of my listings now with the data from Cerebro and I'm going to be talking about the results that I get from these changes in future podcasts I would love to see you as a paid helium 10 member but remember everybody gets 60 ASIN searches per month for free that's two per day that's the way we set it up so if all you want is up to 2,000 keywords per ASIN without any other analytics data boom you're set if you're a power user that wants to crush your competition then upgrade to the gold the platinum the diamond plan and get all of the analytics that's what I do that's what all the big guys crushing it on Amazon are doing okay so you can try Cerebro today at helium10.com remember it's free if you'd like and please be a superstar okay go out there and let other Amazon sellers know that they can now get reverse ASIN searches for free okay they don't have to go and pay for them anywhere else for free with Cerebro and that's at helium10.com